Hi, everybody. Good to be with you. Uh, my name is Luke, and I'm just going to share a few thoughts with us on Palm Sunday as we begin Holy Week. Let's begin with just a simple reading from John chapter 17. These are Jesus' words. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. That's Jesus' prayer during the meal he shares with his disciples the night before his death. His disciples had shared a lot of meals with Jesus, more meals than they could remember. But this one was different, and not just because it was Passover. He'd washed everyone's feet, strangely right in the middle of dinner, which took a good deal of time and was actually rather awkward. It was another of Jesus' moves which baffles and yet also inspires the group. The meal ends with Jesus praying for his disciples, but prayer would spill over as they leave the room and they head across the valley to an olive grove. Everyone is tired after the long meal, but Jesus insists. He wants to pray some more. He seems heavy, but also intent, determined. Late as it is, they all get up and Jesus leads the way. What happens next in that olive grove is dangerous. A dangerous prayer, a dangerous choice, a dangerous future for Jesus and his friends. You know, we've heard stories in recent weeks of people who have chosen to go to Ukraine or to stay in Ukraine to help. Stories of people offering their lives, not out of delusional heroism, but genuine love. Stories of carers of disabled or sick children, not abandoning their posts, but sheltering in, in basements with little ones. We've heard stories of journalists committed to bearing witness to the atrocities on the ground. We've heard stories of NGO workers promising themselves to the preservation of human life, you know, refusing to accept that life is cheap or expendable. And these are stories of taking human life seriously. And when we hear them, we're amazed and we're moved. The worst in us somehow brings out the best in us. The resolve to be dangerously generous in the face of terrible devastation. Today is Palm Sunday, as we said. It's the beginning of Holy Week. Holy Week uh, is the time when we think about Jesus. We think about Jesus and his entry to Jerusalem, not on a tank, but a donkey. We think about the Last Supper, where Jesus doesn't sit back, letting somebody else do the dishes, but he gets on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. We think about the Garden of Gethsemane, that olive grove where Jesus prays to avoid the cup of suffering, but eventually chooses to drink it so his friends would be spared. 
We think about the arrest, we think about the trial, we think about the injustice. And the high point of Holy Week is Good Friday, the most gruesome and destructive event in human history, and yet also somehow the most moving and creative event in human history. Jesus didn't shy away from Holy Week. And that's what we see when we look up at his naked and disfigured body, exposed to the elements hanging on the scaffolding outside of Jerusalem's walls. And next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we'll celebrate the surprising reality of Jesus' resurrection, the event which tells us that God's life can take everything death has to throw at it. That's Holy Week. That's a week that is unlike any other week. You know, there's Holy Weeks that we've probably not taken all that seriously in the past if we're Christians. You know, a day or two off, a chocolate bunny, a few lilies, and some happy songs. But a pandemic has taught us to treasure the essentials of Holy Week, you know, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, which moves us then to treasure each other. Do we need togetherness when division is rampant? Yes. Do we need forgiveness when we harm or fail each other? Yes. Do we need the hope of a good future on a planet that feels increasingly precarious? Yes. Taking Holy Week seriously is a very good thing because in Holy Week, we remember that God took seriously the need and desperation of the entire world so seriously that he gives his very life to meet creation's seemingly bottomless need. Now, Holy Week is shocking and surprising in scripture because it gives us the history of God refusing to shy away from sacrifice, so much so that we cost him everything. You know, when disaster strikes and everybody kind of scatters in fear, as we've seen recently in places like Ethiopia or Ukraine, you might have heard that encouragement to keep an eye out for those few people who are running toward the danger. No matter how kind of bad it gets, there's always somebody running toward the danger rather than away to help and to heal. Holy Week, holds the history of Jesus running into danger and destruction and death and bringing us through into life. It was something that Jesus did once and for all. But because of that special week, that special human life in Jesus, something else happened. Because Jesus ran into the danger, his followers are now also unleashed to do their own running on his behalf. What do I mean? I mean that because of that Holy Week, every week is now holy. Because of Jesus' special holy life, your life, my life, have been made holy as we heard Jesus pray in John's gospel. What did he say? He said, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself or make myself holy, that they too may truly be sanctified or be made holy. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me 
through their message. Jesus is praying for his disciples in that moment, in that upper room around that meal, but his prayer moves through his disciples to his disciples, disciples, disciples. That's, that's you and that's me. So because of Jesus' actions on Holy Week, we, his followers now, needn't live destructively, but constructively. We needn't live cynically. We can live creatively. We needn't live in scarcity, but we can live sacrificially. We can live from love, not fear. We can run toward danger and desperation with the gospel of peace because we go where Jesus goes. And even though evil and death are still destructive and harrowing today, Christians believe that evil and death are fighting not just a losing battle, but a lost battle. So Christians can run toward danger with the confidence that love drives out fear. Light evicts darkness. Life overcomes death. Running toward danger. Doesn't that sound a little bit reckless? Shouldn't we keep in mind that we're not Jesus? Even that at times Jesus told his friends that they couldn't go where he was going? Yeah, that's true. But we're not talking here about kind of a delusional heroism or a Messiah complex. We're not saying that we can do what Jesus did back then. Just that we can do what Jesus has for us now because of what Jesus did back then. Scripture says that Christians have both the spirit of Jesus in them and the example of Jesus to follow. In other words, they've got the power for and the template from which to live. They have everything they need to live like Jesus through the capacity of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit, we're told, that raised Jesus from the dead. Still, running toward danger? What about boundaries? What about self-care? What about all the self-protective rhythms that we're learning of in our convenient modern bubble? Running toward danger doesn't sound like a good idea if our primary goal in life is self-preservation or that really popular word that we hear all the time in our culture and society, balance. Yet, Christians are told to run anyway, aren't they? Take up your cross and follow me. Love one another as I have loved you. And as much as you have done to the least of these, you've done to me. I am sending you just as my Father sent me. Where is Jesus sending us? He sends us towards the dangerous reality of humble love in the flesh. Running toward danger is running toward one another rather than turning away. We're not running into danger for danger's sake, but for one another's sake. We're running toward each other because we see God in each other and believe God is seen through us. We go where Jesus goes and Jesus, as one person wrote, is always going to you. Jesus is always going to me. So running toward danger looks like it looks like forgiving someone when you know you'll never be able to forget. 
running toward danger is is serving and helping, you know, without getting credit or being ignored or being misunderstood. Running toward danger is listening to and working with others and their inconvenient opinions when it's far easier to cut them off or to cut them out. Running toward danger is is giving more than what's reasonable because you're compelled by unreasonable love to sacrifice for somebody else. We don't run without an example because Jesus has run ahead, setting the pace. And we don't run unequipped because Jesus has fully outfitted us through his spirit for every good race that we run. That's what Holy Week is about. First, it's taking Jesus so seriously that we let him run into the war zones of our hearts, the gaping wounds of pain and disappointment to heal and and even resurrect what's dead or dying. Jesus didn't shy away from Holy Week, didn't shy away from Good Friday. He doesn't shy away from us now. With an eye on Good Friday, this is a good week to let Jesus run to us, to help us, to forgive us, to hold us, to heal us. This is a good week to recognize that we need help. And Jesus is the first and primary responder to the desperate need that every single one of us carries first. We just let Jesus run to us like the father running to the wayward child coming home, like the woman searching for her lost coin, like the shepherd hunting down his lost sheep. At Holy Week, we we shout from under the rubble, I'm over here, Jesus. Please come and help me. And you know what? He does. If the cross says anything, it's that you can always find God at ground zero loving dangerously in the heart of the disaster zone. And then, you know, once Jesus has found us and is fixing us up, knowing that that's usually a slow and an ongoing process, he does something else. He he tells us to look around at others who also need his help. And, And staggeringly, even though we are a work in progress, Jesus, the first responder, turns us into second responders. And we're meant to take his marching orders to heart, to love one another like he loves us, to speak words of life and not death, to create, not destroy. But there's a warning, isn't there? If we choose to follow Jesus into loving dangerously, it will cost us. It's gonna cost us our time. It's gonna cost us our attention going to cost us our money. It's definitely going to cost us our pride. It's definitely going to cost us our self-centeredness. It will cost us our silence about things that we shouldn't be silent about. It will cost us our chatter when it's best to keep quiet for another person's sake. It will cost us, Jesus said, our very lives. But in giving them up, Jesus also said, we would find them will shed our inhumanity and will gain our humanity back in Jesus' wake of new creation. So we run, therefore, we run towards the messy stuff. 
We run towards the impolite stuff, the swept under the carpet stuff. We don't shy away because we follow the one who ran through the danger and who came out the other side with you and me in his more than capable arms. Welcome to Holy Week. There goes Jesus, determined and dangerous to death itself. There goes Jesus, into Jerusalem on a donkey, into the upper room for one last supper. This way, says Jesus, follow me to the garden to pray. As my Father has sent me, so I am sending you.